This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, welcome to the I'm Driving Home from David Wright Night edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. Um, for those of you that watched the David Wright Night and you were in your home, I'm jealous of you because during this incredibly long, frustrating, horrific baseball game to watch, you were probably able to flip around, maybe check out Penn State, Ohio State, maybe take a cat nap, maybe go to the bathroom, maybe read a newspaper. I don't know what you were doing. But for those of us at City Field, and there were 45,000 people, whatever they announced, whatever a sellout is at this ballpark, the place was packed. And while it was a very emotional night, and I will get to all the emotions and hopefully not run anybody over while I'm driving home, it was a horrific this baseball game to watch. I mean, I love baseball. I really do. I don't know what this cop is doing. Can I go? Okay. All right. Sometimes they confuse me because the guy was just standing there with no hand signal. I don't know what was going on. Anyhow, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the baseball game was god awful. I mean, you know, this has been a bad Met season. And every time you watch Jacob DeGrom pitch, it's like a tooth extraction to watch them score a freaking run. And that's the way it felt today. It was a Jacob DeGrom outing. And you wanted the run badly because even though they hadn't announced it at the ballpark, there were reports out there that David was going to make a speech. You know, there was going to be a video and David was going to make a speech. I never saw them put it on the scoreboard, so I, I don't know if how anybody knew but anybody on Twitter. Like, if you went to the ballpark and you weren't checking Twitter or you weren't checking Twitter before the game, you'd probably have no idea. And I wouldn't blame you if in the ninth inning or the 10th inning or the 11th inning or the 12th inning, you said, F this, I'm going home. Like, I totally would have understood it. But we all sat in there waiting for this game to end. But before I get to the end, before I get to, you know, bitching about how the Mets, every time they want to have a post-game ceremony, it turns into a disaster. Uh, let's talk about David himself. To me... The beginning was the most emotional part, even more than his last at-bat. I didn't know that, A, the Mets were just going to let him run on the field by himself, which at first seemed awkward, but then you realize was pretty sweet uh, to his daughter throwing out the first pitch. That was the thing that got to me. I was I was close to tearing up at that point. That was the, that, At that point, I was like, man, this is, this is some good stuff right here. When the game started, I don't know. I, I, I never thought... You know, there was going to be this dramatic, wow, David Wright hit a home run in his last start kind of thing. You know, I, I did, we're not the Yankees. That stuff doesn't happen to us. But I am glad he drew that walk, though it seemed as if a couple of the pitches were pretty close. And maybe the home plate umpire felt, I don't know if I can get out of here alive if I punch David Wright out on a strikeout looking. The second at-bat actually led to the humor for the rest of the night because... 
when he pops up, it's a routine foul pop-up, and this poor Peter O'Brien makes the catch. I didn't realize, maybe I'm just not witty enough as a New Yorker to know that this Peter O'Brien would be treated like public enemy number one for the next three hours. I mean, it got worse and worse. This guy was getting the John Rocker treatment. This guy was getting the Chase Utley treatment. And at first, I kept repeating to my wife, you know, all this guy did was catch a pop-up. All this guy did was catch a pop-up. But by the end of the game, as he, I, I think he got a hit and then was pinch run for in one of the many extra innings, it, it did become funny after a while that the Met fans were persistent enough to just completely hate this guy for catching a routine pop-up. You know, how dare he catch a routine pop-up of David Wright? It was a little disappointing that the brilliant Mickey Calloway took him out. It wasn't a surprise because he had basically said the other day he's going to get a couple of at-bats, he's going to play five innings, you know, we're going to dramatically take him out. I mean, everything you kind of knew was happening. But I I think I speak for a lot of Mets fans when I say I wanted more. I mean, it was only two at-bats. This is his last game in the major leagues. Now, I didn't know it was going to go 13 innings or whatever it did. And I think if you knew that, you figured, yeah, we need to be entertained for more than an hour and a half. But I kind of wanted more. I understand he wasn't going to play nine innings, but this is his last major league game. The guy's been working his ass off rehabbing for all of these months and years, basically. For him to be able to get three at-bats, four at-bats, I mean, what's the difference? You know, what's going to happen? What 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 terrible can happen when this is his last game anyway to keep him from getting those extra at-bats? So it was a little disappointing, but the truth is we're not surprised. I mean, we, we kind of knew it was coming. You know, you knew it was happening. And, you know, Reyes got a lot of love too, which is okay. I mean, I mentioned this on the air a couple of times. I think Jose Reyes has three strikes against him on why even though Reyes and Wright were both, you know, the faces of that franchise in the mid-2000s, why Reyes has fallen off greatly. Number one of the fact he left, obviously. I mean, he's not one of the guys that can say, hey, I spent my entire career with the Mets, which, as I explained to my wife a little bit, we don't have that in Met history. It's Ed Cranepool, and it's David Wright, and it's nobody else. And David was obviously better than Ed Cranepool, so he is far and away, it's not even close, the greatest Met to spend his entire career with the same team, and that matters. So Reyes leaving, the -the off-the-field stuff with Reyes is very difficult to look past. I mean, there's a reason why he got back to the Mets. There was a reason why the Colorado Rockies basically sent him to the curb. And number three, we sat here for the last year watching this guy suck. I mean, he has been so awful. And even today, he gets the leadoff double I think that was in the top of the first inning. It was the, lead, it was the first uh, first at-bat of the game. So, yeah, it was the top of the first inning. Excuse me while I try to figure everything out. I have to sit there for four and a half hours watching this. But he gets the leadoff double, and, I mean, it felt like it was Reyes' first extra base hit of the entire season. I don't remember the last time he had an extra base hit. And off the bat, I thought it would be pretty cool if he could actually turn this into a triple since that's what you think of with Jose Reyes. But... Throughout the game, he did get a lot of love. Early in the game, every ground ball was being hit right at him. So it felt like it was Jose Reyes' night. And he actually made a couple of good defensive plays. He looked like a competent baseball player for a few innings. And I forget which extra inning it was because Reyes did play the entire game. He comes up with a runner on first and nobody out. And I thought 
Well, he's going to have Jose Reyes bunt. Not that he would do this in the middle of May or the middle of June, but they're just so desperate to get this game over with. Let him lay down a bunt, run around second, one out, try to get the game winning hit and move on, which never happened. But I thought, wouldn't this be great? You know, Jose Reyes' last appearance as a Met before he left as a free agent was the controversial bunt. And now it could come full circle where he lays down a bunt. It's actually a sacrifice. It leads to the game-winning hit on David Wright night. But that was not to be because this game felt like it was never going to end. It just kept going and going and going and going. And it wasn't the fireworks that were keeping people there. That's for damn sure. Now, let me address this because I think there's this feeling that everything the Mets do Everything that they try to do is awful, and they're the worst, and it's Mets logic, and they suck, and they're this, they're that, LOL Mets, all that. And trust me, I don't mind joining in when it's worth it. But I cannot get on the Mets for saying we're going to have a David Wright presentation after the game, because that's when his career was over. You know, to do it before the game, if you tried to do what they did after the game, before the game... I'm sorry, it's not going to have the same effect. You can't ask David Wright. You can't give David Wright a microphone at 6.55 before he plays his last major league game and say, okay, let's hear that farewell speech. It just, I don't know, wouldn't have worked. So what happened tonight is unfortunate, and it's bad luck. And, I mean, for all these years at City Field, it feels like other than 2015, it's all been bad luck. You know, we've joked that this stadium was built on some kind of ancient Indian burial ground with some of the injuries and some of the horrible stuff that's happened to this franchise since they left Shea Stadium. But obviously, the close of Shea Stadium was was rough. And I remember, you know, going back to that, because there was similarities tonight with this anticipation for something after a game that turned out to be a disaster, because not only the Mets lost, but they lost brutally in game 162. I remember thinking back going into that game knowing the risks. You know, you went in knowing they're going to do something after the game, and we're either going to be in jovial moods because the Mets won a huge game in advance to the playoffs, or at least a one-game playoff, or we're all going to be furious. We're all going to be depressed, and it sucks what ended up happening, and at least in that case, they were prepared. They knew going in, these are the risks. This could be horrific if the Mets lose, which is exactly what happened, obviously. And then they have this really well-done ceremony. I mean, the Shea Goodbye ceremony was very well done. Almost everybody was there. The whole thing about touching home plate, it really was a brilliant ceremony that I don't think gets any credit because we were all crying, not only over the closure of Shea Stadium, but over the fact that we just witnessed the New York Mets choke again. That certainly didn't help. Tonight... I mean, seriously, what do we get? We're going to predict that the Mets and the Marlins are going to play this just horrible-to-watch 13-inning game. So for any Mets fan that's whining and complaining, I mean, I'm whining and complaining, but I'm whining and complaining at the awfulness of the game and just the situation sucked. I ain't going to blame the Mets for it. I mean, how am I going to blame the Mets? For what? For the fact that they suck? I mean, I, I can blame them for that. I can blame them for the fact that the Mets not only couldn't score the game-winning run, but every inning in this game, besides one, they had a man on base. And yet they were scoreless until the 13th inning. I mean, you can't make this crap up for how bad they were offensively. And as I'm watching this game, 
You know, a lot of it early on was thinking about David Wright and going through his career, which we've talked about on the air. But by the end, I started thinking about the Mets. I started thinking about this franchise moving forward. And for a while, my thought was, I don't want to spend too much time on the, the whole Met future, but I'll just say this real quick. For a while, I thought, hey, go get bullpen help, and you know maybe the Mets will find a way to hit next year. Bruce will be better. Frazier will be better. Conforto will have a complete year. They'll be better offensively. This may not be rational, but watching this garbage today, they got to go out and sign Manny Machado. They got to go out and sign. They got to go out and sign everybody after watching this garbage today. I mean, Jay Bruce. Oh my God, how bad is he? I know we had a line drive in that last inning. And off the bat, I thought it was going to be into the corner and maybe he'd get the game-winning hit. But Jay Bruce is like sticking pins through your eyes watching him right now. But I don't want to spend too much time on this. This was about David. I thought it was a beautiful video at the end with Howie Rose and seeing it. And, you know, David walking off the field in the fifth inning was, it was dramatic. And this is our guy. And I, I've said this on the air before. I don't think there's a lot of fan bases that understand some things that we deal with as Met fans. They didn't understand the no-hitter. I don't think they still understand the no-hitter and why that was special to us. And I think there's going to be a lot of baseball fans that don't get why David Wright was special to us. They'll look at David Wright and say, sure, he was a very good baseball player. It's unfortunate he got hurt late in his career, but whatever. We as a franchise and as a fan base haven't had, and I could say this for all the teams I root for in my lifetime, not of all time, but in my lifetime, I don't have the guy who spent his entire career with that team beginning to end, good and bad. And David Wright was that guy. And it sucks that he wasn't able to be healthy and finish on his own terms. But that sports, a lot of guys aren't able to do that. Don Mattingly wasn't able to do it. You know, some guys are forced out based on injury, and the last two years watching and reading about him trying to come back, you know, hearing everything he had to go through with his back and the stenosis and then the rotator cuff surgery that he had, I give him a lot of credit for being able to come back. And one thing about his speech, which I really liked, not only thanking us as fans and all that, which is typical, but how he said, and I think this shows the kind of guy he was, you guys witnessed a lot of strikeouts and a lot of errors. <laughs> so he went right to the, you know, he didn't say, yeah, you guys witnessed a lot of my home runs and doubles. He went right to the negative. You witnessed a lot of strikeouts and errors, and I'm sure there were many times where I cursed him out, but we all cursed him out because that's what we do as New Yorkers and as fans. But now that it's all said and done, the guy had a excellent career, and when he first came up from AAA Norfolk, and you had read all his numbers at Binghamton and all his numbers at AAA. And you would have told me, you know what, Evan? This guy's going to own just about every record in Met history. He's going to play his entire career here. And you give me his final numbers, even with not being able to finish on his own terms. I think I would have pinched myself right in that moment. I think I would have said, really? So this is finally going to be the guy. I thought for a while it would be Edgardo Alfonso. They let him go. He couldn't stay healthy. Piazza was an acquisition before that. You thought maybe Todd Hundley is going to be that guy. I'm still hopeful Jacob deGrom can also be that guy if they can lock him up long term. But David was that guy. And so for a lot of Met fans, I thank him. It is a new era next year, unfortunately. And hopefully 
there will be others. Maybe Michael Conforto can have a 15-year career and David Wright will be the beginning of many others that can spend their entire career with one team. Anyhow, it's already after midnight. I've got this horrible cold. My wife not only sat through the game, she's now sitting through me uh, doing this podcast while she is probably passed out sleeping. So thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. And I'll give you a programming note. Coming up this week, I'll give you one other Met podcast. It will be a season in review podcast with Sal Licata. Sal used to work at WFAN, SNY, WOR. He joined me earlier this year for a, I think it was a first half recap kind of podcast. It was a lot of fun. He's a great Met fan. He also used to be highly, highly critical of David Wright and then turned at some point and started to love him. I'm not sure when that happened, but Sal and I will do a podcast that will drop sometime Monday night, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.